Hey, happy Father's Day. We are glad that you decided to spend some of your dad's day here with us at church. If you're a dad, a grandparent, a biological father, a stepfather, an uncle, a guy who just fills that role of dad in the lives of children, we just want to say thank you to you and happy Father's Day. Thank you. We are in the middle of the perfect sermon series for Father's Day. It's our series called Adulting 101. And those of us in the room who are adults know that we're just making stuff up most of the time. I mean, the whole adult thing and adulting and all the stuff we're supposed to do, we're pretty much just winging it most of the time, which is a lot like what dads are doing most of the time. They're just winging it. Adulting is the process of doing the mundane tasks that are required as adults. It's the practice of behaving in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, meaning being a responsible adult, especially doing the accomplishments of the mundane but necessary tasks, paying the bill, managing the house, managing the family, all the stuff that's not super exciting, but the stuff you have to do as an adult. And we've been talking about some of that throughout this series. And those of you who are adults know that you're pretty much winging it most of the time. As you go through life, there's a lot of things you're not told about what it means to be an adult. And as you go, you're just making the best of each scenario as it comes along. And dads do a lot of this too. They like to make up stuff as they go along. Dads are a lot of time pretty clueless about things. Moms, you're a little bit better, right? <laughs> you have it all together a little bit more. You seem to be better at knowing like, what to do and what not to do. Dads, you guys are just clueless most of the time. There was this dad who was a new dad, and he had a newborn baby, and his wife had to go out of town for the weekend. And the dad was going to be left alone with the newborn baby. And one of the days, the baby started crying. So the dad started doing everything he could think of to get the baby to stop crying. He tried feeding the baby. It didn't work. He tried burping the baby, but then she, he just spit up everywhere, and then now he had a mess to clean up too. He tried keeping the baby in motion, thinking that'll work. I'll put him in the stroller and walk around. didn't work. Tried holding the baby and walking around, didn't work. Tried putting him in the car, driving around the block, didn't work. Everything that this dad did, the newborn baby just kept crying over and over and over again. So the dad took the baby to the urgent care. <laughs> when the doctor came in, the dad explained everything that was going on and everything that happened and all the stuff that didn't work. And the doctor got pretty worried too, so the doctor started to examine the baby. And when the doctor got to the diaper region. He opened up the diaper and woof, it smelled big time. The, dad, the doctor said, well, well, here's your problem. You need to change the diaper. And the dad said, well, the box says it's good for up to 10 pounds. <laughs> Clueless. That's fathers a lot of the time. And if we're honest as adults, that's us a lot of the time, too. We could be kind of clueless on things that we're supposed to do in life and how to manage every aspect of life. And you just kind of get thrown into adulthood, and it's like people forgot to give you the manual of how to work things and, like, what to do in different situations. There are nine things that we're never told until we experience them as adults. Number one, life is expensive. Can I get an Amen. I think you're told that as a kid, but you don't really get it until you're an adult and you start living and you're like, life is really expensive. Number two, hard work doesn't always equal success. It's a tough lesson to learn in life. 
Number three, sometimes you can only rely on yourself. Of course, you can always rely on God too, but sometimes it's just you and God and nobody else. Number four, there will always be someone better than you. No matter how hard you try, there will always be someone better than you. Maybe you're the best at a certain thing, but somebody else is better at something else. There's always someone better than you. Number five, you won't always get the closure you need. I think that's one of life's greatest lessons to learn and most difficult. You won't always get the closure that you need. Number six, not everyone shares your values. We know this as adults. We teach this to our children all the time. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just because you disagree with somebody doesn't mean you have to voice that out loud. Not everyone's going to share your same values. Number seven, some goals take longer than you ever expected. Number eight, failure is inevitable. And number nine, friends will come and go. And that's where we are today, friendships. As adults, I think friendships is one of the more difficult things to do in our lives. I think it's one of those things that as a kid, it's a whole lot easier. When you're a kid, most of the time, the kid goes to school every day and is surrounded by other children their age, and they have to sit in desks next to children their age. They have to interact with people their age all day long, and they have to be in projects together and get along and play and all that stuff. And as an adult, that may not be true in your life. You may have very few conversations each day with other adults. And so it might be harder to make friends with people. It might be hard to know as an adult, who do I even make friends with? How do I make friends? If you enjoy your coworkers, it's a little bit easier and you could be friends with them. But what if you don't enjoy your coworkers? Or if they drive you crazy and you get enough of them at work and you don't want anything more? Well, now who do you be friends with? You barely know anybody else. Or maybe you move to a new town. When you move to the new town, you don't know people. You don't know anybody. Everybody else has friends, and you don't have any friends, and you're wondering, how do I even go about making friends? How do I figure this stuff out and and be with other people and do things together as a social life? That could be very difficult and challenging as an adult to figure out. Maybe you've even, as an adult, wanted to hang out with people or wanted to do some type of social gathering, get together, go for lunch, and you text somebody, and you get left on red. That ever happened to you before? Left on red is when you send somebody a message, and they don't respond. And you know they've gotten your text message because they had enough time to read the message. They should have been able to reply by now, and they have not replied. That just means they left you unread. And when that happens, man, it can hurt. And it feels personal. And you think, is this something I said? Is this something I did? Maybe they just don't like me. Maybe they're not really friends with me. Maybe their niceness towards me is fake when they see me. And they don't actually enjoy my company. Maybe nobody enjoys my company. Maybe that's why nobody responds. And we can spiral into some negative thought patterns. Or maybe you've lived in the same area your whole life. And you had friends in high school or you have your college friends. And as you've got older, they've drifted apart from you and you've drifted apart from them. You're busy because you're an adult. You have like adult-like things to do, you know. You have that whole adulting stuff. And you start to drift apart, and then you guys see each other at the grocery store or at a ball game, and you're like, oh, yeah, we should totally hang out together sometime. And then you try to plan it, and when you're free, they're not free. And when they're free, you're not free. And it just doesn't work. Having friendships as an adult and maintaining those friendships can be really difficult. 
I think it's one of the things that's just harder for adults than it is for kids. But it's really, really important. You see, we were made for human connection. People need people. That's the way God created the world to work. It's the way he created humans. We're meant to connect with other people. We all have a desire to be known by others, to be loved by others, to be valued by other people. We have this desire for connection and for friendship because that's the way God created it. Actually, the very first thing in the Bible that God ever said was not good was that somebody was lonely. It happened in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And if you know the story... God was specifically talking about making a wife for Adam named Eve. But the principle is still the same. There's somebody who's lonely, who's alone. And God says, well, that's not good. That person needs other people. And so he makes a wife for Adam. The same thing's true for us. We're meant for human connection. And it's not good for us to live in isolation. It's not good for us to feel alone and to feel lonely. People need people. But that doesn't mean it's easy for adults to go about doing that. To illustrate this concept to you today, I want to use some Legos. And as I bring out these Legos, I know all the parents in the room are like, get behind me, Satan. I promise I will not leave Legos on the floor. You won't have to dodge them after the service. I promise. I know your kids say the same thing, but I promise I won't do it. And these are technically not Legos. Work with me, people, okay? But believe it or not, there are people who will run on Legos just for fun. Seriously, check it out. Okay, first of all, that's super impressive that you can make it through that whole thing. Second of all, it's super impressive he didn't swear the whole time. I mean, props to him. That's impressive. And number three, what are people doing with their lives? That that's what you do in your free time. Who is this person? I don't know. But what I do know is that all of us are like this Lego piece. We all have a certain number of connectors, the ability to connect with other people. And in life, we use these connectors to connect with others. And now, if you're an introvert, your connector piece probably looks a lot smaller, and you have fewer connectors, fewer availability to connect with people. And if you're an extrovert, your Lego piece is probably bigger. You're more willing to connect with other people, and you have more opportunities to do that. But we'll use this one to represent all of us today. And as an adult, some of these connectors get filled up for you. You don't have a choice about some of the people who you will connect with. Because you have your family. And whatever that looks like for you. Maybe that's spouse. Maybe that's 
kids or stepkids or, or whatever that looks like in your world. And then you have your extended family who you connect with. That includes your parents and your uh, siblings and their kids, nephews, nieces, and you've got all your in-laws and, and all of that. So you've got all these people that you just have to connect with in life. And they fill up some of your connectors for you. And most people have a job and they have coworkers. And whether you like it or not, your coworkers take up some of your connectors in life as well. And maybe for you, that's a good thing. Because maybe for you, you love your coworkers. You're like, oh, yeah, we go out all the time and we hang out together. Or maybe you hate your coworkers and you want nothing to do with them and you'd rather not be connected to them at all and you'd rather just like close your door or have an office that's away from them. But you don't get to do that. So they take up some of your connectors in life. And then this is most of us. We've got a couple free connectors left, and we get to choose what to do with them. We have the ability to connect with a few more people in life, and we get to choose who's going to fill those roles. And I think the advice that God would give to us as we go to fill those roles through friendships is to have a few godly friends, to have a few godly people who you allow in your innermost circle, who you allow to connect with you and your Lego piece and be connected to who you are in life. And there's a difference between having good friends and godly friends. You might have some really, really good friends in life, but they may not be godly. There are differences. And I think there's a room in our life for people who don't know the Lord, and we should have friendships with people who don't know the Lord, but they don't belong on your innermost circle, on your inner Lego piece. The people who belong here are people who are godly people, and that should be your innermost friendships. And I think in Scripture we see a couple of different ways that people are godly friends instead of just good friends. One of them is in Proverbs chapter 13. It says, To walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. This Scripture tells us that if you are friends with people who are fools, you yourself will suffer harm because of their lifestyle. This is something we understand as adults because we teach it to our kids all the times. Be careful who you're friends with. Don't be friends with that group of people. I don't want you hanging around with them because you know that who they're friends with will impact who they are. The same is true for you as an adult. Who you are friends with will impact your life. And if you're friends with fools, you will suffer harm. A fool is somebody who makes decisions in life not based on the word of God. They don't try to honor God in their own decisions. They don't try to live a life that's holy and pleasing to him. They're being a fool. And if that's how they live their life, it's going to affect yours because you've allowed them into your innermost circle. People who are fools are also people who give full vent to their anger. We see that in Proverbs 29. Fools give full vent to their rage. People who fly off the handle get really angry really easily. Scripture calls those people fools. Fools are people who reach level eight of the Midwestern levels of anger. If you don't know it, people who live in the Midwest, we have kind of our own sayings that we use. That if you go elsewhere in the United States, they don't use those sayings. And there's about eight of them that represent anger or being agitated. And those phrases, they've taken them, I found this online this week, and they rank them in order, one through eight. One being the lowest level of anger or agitation and eight being the highest level of anger. I'll try to read those to you. I bet you've heard some of them, or maybe you say some of them yourself. 
Number one, the lowest level of anger, agitation is for Pete's sake. You might say that phrase or hear somebody who does. Number two, geez Louise, a little more aggravated. Number three, hold your horses. Anger's going up. Number four, oh, for crying out loud. And if you're in my family, (laughs) my grandma says this all the time. And without a doubt, when she says it, somebody in the room will go, what are you crying for? Just to aggravate her more. It's rough in my family. (laughs) The next five is when anger's really getting serious. Number five, listen here, pal. That pal word is intense. Number six, whoa, whoa, whoa. Number seven, what on God's green earth is going on here? You know somebody who says it. And then the highest level of anger in the Midwest, level eight. Well, now you wait one minute. If you hear that, you should get out your phone and hit record because you're going to capture something memorable. So be ready. Basically, people who are reaching these levels, people who do this and get angry, they're fools. And Scripture tells us that we shouldn't be around fools because we in turn will suffer harm. Instead, we should be walking with wise people because we will then be wise. People who are wise are people who honor God with their lifestyle, who honor God in their choices and their decisions and what they do because they in turn will help you live a life that's holy and pleasing to God because we know that our friends change who we are based on who you hang out with. Another difference between good friends and godly friends I think comes from Proverbs 27. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It says that as you sharpen them, they sharpen you. A godly friend should be somebody who sharpens you. A godly friend is somebody who helps you become the person that you were created to be. The person that God thought of when he thought you up. Godly friends help you become that type of person. They make you a better person. They make you a better friend. They make you a better parent. They make you a better worker. They make you better at life because they sharpen you. Someone who is a godly friend will improve who you are and help you become who you're supposed to be. Because the truth is, God has placed a calling on your life so great that you don't have time to waste with people who don't point you in the direction of God. You have a calling on your life to live for God and to honor God, and you do not have time to waste with people who draw you away from God. You need to surround yourself, your innermost circle, your Lego piece, with people who will sharpen you, with people who will help you become the best version of you, the version that God created you to be. But this is kind of difficult as an adult, isn't it? We often don't have the times to maintain these relationships. And we all come at this from different ways. For some of you, your Lego piece is really empty. You may not have a really big family. Maybe you're not even married. You don't have kids. Maybe you live uh, in another town than the rest of your immediate family does. Maybe you moved away. And so you don't have a lot of family or you don't have a lot of coworkers. And so your Lego piece is pretty empty. And when your Lego piece is super empty like this, it can feel really, really lonely. I actually read something that said that most adults have only one or two good friends. That's it. Most adults are living life with one or two friends at best. 
And you can feel really lonely if you don't have the other pieces of the Legos, too, to fill this up. And when that happens, it can feel pretty awful. And maybe you are in this spot, and maybe this is you, and you've, you've tried to be friends with people, and it seems like no one wants to connect with you. Maybe you've tried to hang out with people, and no one seems to really want to be your friend. Maybe you've invited people to stuff, and they've left you on red. Maybe you feel like people are nice to you in person, but then they never invite you to come over or to go out, or a whole group goes out and does something, and no one invites you. And you may think, man, something's wrong with me. Why is that? Why doesn't anybody want to be my friend? My guess is that there's probably nothing wrong with you. My guess is that your Lego piece is pretty empty, and the people you're trying to be friends with have a full Lego piece. It's not that they don't like you. It's not that they don't want to be your friend. They just don't have any connectors left. They don't don't have the room to really develop a great, close connection friendship with you because they're full in life, and you just happen to be empty. So maybe what you need to do is find people who also have an empty Lego piece, people who you can connect to because they're willing and ready to connect because they have empty connectors as well. Or maybe you're one of the people who has a perfectly full Lego piece. Today you think, man, my Lego is just awesome. I've got the perfect number of family members. I've got the perfect number of friends. Everything's going right. You know, I've got the right amount of coworkers and all that. And if that's you and your Lego piece is completely full, awesome. But could I challenge you? Are the people you're connecting with and choosing to be friends with, are they good friends or are they godly friends? Are they people who are helping you become the best version of yourself or are they people who are pulling you away from the best version of you? Do they help you make wise decisions because they make wise decisions? Or are they fools? Maybe today you need to reevaluate some friendships. Maybe there's some people in your life who do need to go. They don't need to go completely, but they need to leave the innermost circle of who you are and who you connect with the most. I know when I was 19, God came bursting on the scenes in my life. And I didn't know a whole lot about God. I didn't know a whole lot about what it meant to follow God. But what I did know was that I wanted to follow God and I wanted to change my life. At that time, I was making a lot of poor decisions. I was living a life that was filled with bad things and and bad people and and making a lot of poor choices. And I knew that I needed to change some friends in my life. There were people who needed to go. And I had to make the tough call of ending a lot of friendships. And I remember that year of my life being very difficult. I went through a season of loneliness. I went through a season of all the friends that I've known for years. I have left them behind. But I did that Because I knew the calling that God had placed on my life, a calling to follow him and to live a life that he's pleased with. And I know that the people I was friends with were not going to help me do that. And so it's God or them. And so they had to go. And those friends hated me for it. They started all kinds of rumors. They called me a hypocrite. They, They called me a bunch of other names I won't say from stage. But it's what I had to do to be who God's called me to be. And the same is true for you. There's a calling on your life, and you know it. You feel it deep in here. And the calling is too big for you to waste time with people in your inner circle who pull you away from who God's called you to be. You're meant to live a life that is holy and pleasing to the Lord. You are meant to live a life that gives glory and honor to Him. You are meant to do above and beyond anything you could ask or imagine in life. 
And you don't have time to waste with people who pull you away from that. Your life is too valuable, and your calling is too great. And so maybe today for you, there's some people who need to go in your life. Or maybe you've got too many friends. You've got so many friends, and you're like, I am just so popular, and I'm just awesome, and I've got all these friendships that I maintain, and I can go out with all kinds of different people. I could text and call all kinds of people. I get invited stuff all the time. Okay, that's great. But when you try to do this, you're trying to be everything to everyone. And what you usually end up with is a lot of acquaintances and very few real, true, deep friends and deep, rich friendships. And so for you, maybe you need to get rid of some people. You need to weed some people out of your life. Who are the people that need to move to a different section? Who are the people who need to get off your main Lego piece and out of your inner circle? Who are the people who need to stay? Who are those godly people that God's placed in your life who are right around you? And you need to be more intentional about being their friend more. Because those who walk with the wise become wise. What I know is we all come at this from different angles, but friendships as an adult is really difficult. But God says that the few connectors you have left in life, you should choose a few godly friends to fill them up with. And I think as you do that, you'll see those godly friends be with you during the tough times in life, during the bad seasons, during the bad days, and you'll see them be with you during the good times. They'll celebrate you through all the great things that happen throughout your life. And I think if you'll fill your life with some godly friends, you'll find out that this adulting thing is a little bit easier. Let me pray for you this morning. God, thank you for allowing us to connect with other people. We don't want to live in isolation. We don't want to have a life that feels lonely or when we're alone. We want a life that's surrounded by people who love us and who care for us. And we're excited and we're glad that we get to do that. We get to choose who we're friends with. We get to choose who we connect with. What we need is your help to have the wisdom to know who to connect with. Who are the godly people that are right around us that we can develop richer, better friendships with. We ask you to help us to do that so that we may walk with the wise and in turn be wise ourselves. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.